not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Karen, horror death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week. brain trust it is that time again to summarize this crazy world by not really summarizing it by instead taking the piss out of it as i would say if i were british or if i you know use that phrase i don't i never have so i'm not going to start now but i do know this um it's been heavy times again and we've had a couple of very interesting but slightly heavy guests the last couple weeks so it's time for somebody who's less heavy Not that he doesn't have the intellectual capacity to be so. He is. He's one of the smarter men I know, and he's one of the most – he's the most regular guests on this podcast, I think, of all humans. Um, He's basically a co-host, and he hasn't been back in quite a long time, and so I'm bringing him back right now to bring the laughter, to bring the noise, to bring maybe the funk. It is Ben Morrison, Aha, we're back, baby. Welcome back. back, It's been a while. It feels so good to be back, and and may I say – it feels so good to be back in such an evolved version of the the Ben Glebe podcasting world. This is very professional. Thank you. Yeah, it's this a whole other well, level. Well beyond the ramshackle days of me coming to your place at three in the morning and us dropping a pod on on audio. This yes, is, or this. or even sometimes drunk or stoned, or even the the days pre pandemic when we were ahead of our time, but not technologically when. You'd be on the podcast, and I literally just held you on speakerphone near yep. a mic, but far yep. enough away that it wouldn't get feedback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this it's is a whole nother life. It's been a long journey for the last uh, last week on Earth, and, and look at you, man. This is like your own little TV station. I love well, it. Well, you've got like beautiful I'm... lights behind yourself. You look like you're, you're broadcasting out of a pink berry. It's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, I went a little nuts with the uh, Alexa lights, so like we can do anything. Like We can really just... Uh, I'm feeling pretty blue about that last story. That For those be... listening on audio, he's turning his background blue, and that didn't work. It's like just brighter white. Now it's white, and it's now yellow it's now. Green. I gotta That's bring yellow. It down That's bit. yellow. Everybody knows it's yellow. It's a little. I mean, it's gonna... okay. The point is, if you're gonna get colored lights, uh, the real cheap ones from China on Amazon, color accuracy not their, not their sweet spot. Maybe you know? it's a different word for pink in, in. in... <laughs> That's that's pretty funny. And in days past, I would launch into a culturally sensitive Chinese accent. I'm not doing this, it. Thank you. This is what I'm, I'm concerned I'm not about. Doing it. <laughs> but but I appreciate your your new restraint as the world evolves and we evolve as people. But I will say I'm a big advocate for smart lighting because if you do go with the cheap ones on Amazon, you I every single bulb in my entire apartment is connected to the matrix, so I can just walk from room willy nilly, commanding the light like a god Wait. of color. Wait, so you're telling me that, that if you get cheap enough ones, you can go into any room and call for a color and it does some other different color that's not what you wanted? That's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, 
A-E-L-E-X-A, make the kitchen bright. <laughs> I hate that you can't say it when you don't right. want to say it's it. It's really frustrating. There needs to be some sort of like neo neo word that allows you to reference her. Yes, so or even, even when the commercial comes on. Like, you should put some yeah. hidden ping in the commercial that makes it not activate because, come on, that's how, absurd. How many, how, how many times have you just been like watching TV and then – Unbeknownst to you, the words have triggered some sort of like information search, and at a at a left field, you start hearing like the history of volcanoes in New Zealand. You're like, I, had, I didn't even turn you on. But yeah, that's actually it's, pretty interesting to hear about those volcanoes. So. Same in my house. It's usually porn searches, but it's very similar scenario. Sure, and, and that's old, Alexa doing it. It's not the me. Old, the old blame the pornography on. I just happened to say butch lesbians at a rodeo, and they think I want to search it. No, I'm just wanting to say it out loud randomly. Oh yeah, sometimes you just got to scream dirty things, you know, mm-hmm. to vent to get yep. to get it all out. Yep, this is a fact. Um, I want to dive quickly into, in a minute, into hearing about your life before we dive into the stories of the week. But I just want to fill you, everybody in on something that happened to me this week. Um, uh, I went to, I had to go to the city of Corona to run an errand. I'm and sorry. I know. Not the town to be in currently. You know what I mean? <laughs> not really the top, the top town top down. You know what that, I'm saying? That poor municipality did nothing in one day. Everything changed. Yeah, tourism dropped right through the floor. And it's not and it's never gonna come back there. Tourism, yeah. I mean they weren't a hub to begin with, but <laughs> and so I'm leaving there and it was very late. Carmel and I were there and we were hungry and so we decided to go eat uh-huh. in Corona and the only place we could find open was a like a knockoff Benihani teppanyaki place. Uh-huh. And they had tents out in front, but the tents were completely empty. And so we go in and there are people inside Sitting at communal tables with a chef in the front of each of these tables, throwing, chopping up shrimps and throwing meat at, at each other. It was at a, a, co- a COVID Benihana. It was in the town of Corona of all places. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't enter a vortex taking me to Florida for this meal. Did and you take a picture? I didn't. I should have taken a picture. That's I did not best. do that. FYI, this is in a town called Corona. Yeah, good point. I didn't do that. But so we did I have to eat there, but we didn't eat inside. We ate solo by ourselves in the tents across the parking lot, right near a freeway. So we had a romantic dinner with like speeding vehicles uh-huh. and exhaust fumes coming at us. But it didn't make it at least easy being solo in a tent to smoke weed before the food came and it was delicious. Yeah, I mean honestly, like i I'm I am alone so often. I'm like, Oh, you got to eat outside with a girl. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty pretty good. Uh, Shannon Kerr says Corona sucks. It's just heat and meth houses, <laughs> which and is... the town sucks too. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's that. How have you been, Ben? I, I've caught up with you recently a little bit. We hadn't talked in a while, and we finally mm-hmm. caught up a bunch and did some hikes. But tell the people what's this last year been like for Ben the Morrison at Ben the Morrison. You can tweet along live with the episode. Uh, it's been ups and downs. I'm glad that we're, you know, uh, back in touch, you know, yep. nothing like a global cat, cat catastrophic pandemic to really make you rethink grievances of the past. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I guess you basically revealed there that we, you and I had a bit of a falling out for a while. We did. We did. But, but again, I mean, it just kind of dovetails into my answer. Like, it's just funny to me how I think at the time, you know, it, it was very 
consuming this grievance, shall we call it, but now knowing what we know about what came after, like the size and the magnitude of this year, that shit just seems so, you know, inconsequential. Yeah, yeah, in, I, in I would agree. I would agree I don't, but I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, uh, have you been I'm okay? Not... I know it's been a, it's been a hard, lonely because you're quarantined alone. Yeah, I, you had a girlfriend I, in the beginning, and uh, then that went south. I was in a relationship until about um, late September, and that was like a pretty all-consuming, very emotional relationship. And then I got out of the relationship, and then moved out of Hollywood to um, the Valley to beautiful, lovely Sherman Oaks. Uh, and so like, I left a situation like, <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've been very lonely at times and I'm like, God, I miss getting fucking yelled at by someone right now. Just constantly yelled at. Yeah. I really, I really miss that. You know? Yeah. Well, well, sometimes a relationship ends and you got to leave Dodge. I get that. I understand you got to yeah. get the hell out. So is it better being quarantined alone or being quarantined in an angry fight filled relationship? Hmm. <sighs> I'm going to say right now, like, I don't know, but I'm sure that uh, as I'm able to be around people more, I'll be like alone and and peaceful is the answer. And that is the answer. Uh, It's been a real kind of. uh, So ignore your distraught Facebook posts is your point there. It's actually fine and it's better than being with people. I have a GoFundMe set up for get out of Dodge funds for me. Uh, You can advertise that later. Um, Really? No. People pay for random GoFundMe's, dude. You might yes, what might will. work for you. They will. I don't know. Being being alone this often is an experience like I've. I don't. I will. I hope to never have again. But I think I will have learned a lot from. Uh, it's just a very odd existence. Like you, you know, it, it's it's both being alone and simply not being allowed to go and find social companionship that you need. It's the two of those things. You know, some yeah, people because like, people that don't know you, you're a party animal. You never, you usually are wanting for a social experience. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, sure. We'll call me a party animal. I uh, would think so. I mean, a lot of relationships in the past, you would you would tell me like, dude, this is perfect. I met this girl. She loves the exact same ridiculous parties that I do, and I'm I'm censoring that to be honest with you. Dude, these parties are not ridiculous, and we both music- lived at at. at Trance festivals and enjoyed acid up our bums for the, for eight months at a time in the in the Mohican Desert. It's it's a match made in heaven. I mean, at the time, it certainly was. I don't quite know if that's my demo now. Sure, but who's you know, your demo now? What kind of lady are you looking for now? Just someone who's there and is not going to kill me with uh, autoimmune disease. That's an impossible bar that you've set. I think you might want to lower your standards if you thought about that. And and there's the rub. That's the truth. And that's probably the one thing you've been doing a lot of in quarantine solo, I bet. Honestly, not even. Because after a while, after a while, because the idea of, like, jerking off is kind of like, oh, I'm so horny, i got to get this out, right? And there's, like, a little kind of propulsive energy that, you know, you're going to be with a real person at a certain point, you know? You're just kind of, like, filling the gap between doing it with a person by doing it yourself. But when... You, there's no person, and there's not going to be any person. And you're like, oh man, I, I could jerk off, and then you're like, ah, what's the point? 
And that that's a real it's a real Wow, bad. I don't know if I followed that. When you're not with people and there's no chance to be with people, you don't have sexual urges, but if you did have a chance to spend that sexual energy with somebody, then you would be jerking off more? Yeah, I think like I I would be jerking off like more really at all. I mean, it doesn't happen very often. Because if I get excited about like actually getting some action for real, it's kind of like the jerking off is like it's almost like a pra- it's like practice. It's like she's gonna get some of this later. <laughs> but, but so, with, so, so right now you're just kind of like you're stepping back from the game for a while. The game stepped back from me. <laughs> no, the masturbation game. Oh, oh, God! I just probably just revealed a little bit too much there. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't even know if that's like a voluntary thing. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll whack off tonight just because okay, you inspired well, me. Well, that's definitely not a sentence I wish I'd ever heard. You brought it up. No, I didn't bring up that level of. I didn't. I definitely don't want to inspire your masturbatory experiences. That's for sure. Don't worry, you won't. Okay, now, now I feel like I now I now, now I miss it a little bit. Now I push back too hard. <laughs> hard. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It's been, I mean, it's been good. Uh, you know, the new, my new place is amazing and it's allowed me to build this whole virtual studio, which has allowed me to continue super funny. So before uh, we dive into all the stories of the week, please plug away and tell us, please plug yourself and tell us what it is that you got coming up. What would you like people to know? And I'll plug some things myself and then we'll get into summarizing this fine week. Uh, well, the most immediate thing is I'm doing a super funny virtual, uh, presents, uh, Jamie Kennedy. He's going to do kind of like a little one-man show from the virtual studio. Uh, What's it called? uh, Virtual Signaling. (laughs) Wow. That's a great name. (laughs) You should have kept that for yourself. You should have kept that name for yourself. That's really good. (laughs) Next time we do this, we're not going to talk before we go live. I'm just (laughs) going to call you when we're up. I'm just going to call you when we're we're on screen. (laughs) Um, But you can get uh, info about the show on, I guess probably Instagram's the easiest, at Show. At Super Funny Show, the ticket link um, is up, up and away. And you know what I can do? No. For last week, for last week on Earth, listeners, I don't. Know. I can I can give away the comp ticket link, the free wow. tickets. Wow! Free tickets for last week on Earth. Holy listeners. shit! What is? How do they do that? Uh, I, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna give away the free ticket promo code. Go at ahead check and do out, it then. At checkout on Eventbrite on promo code right at the tippy top. Enter. All caps, SFVIP. Wow, caps, look at that, dude. All caps, SFVIP. Totally free ticket. Please join join the show. Uh, it's a very unique show. It's you just like hooked it up. Seen. That is super yeah. cool. It is a very, it's a very innovative show. It really changes the way you can do live comedy. It's one of the cooler things uh, that I've been part of. So I highly recommend you check out. It's super funny. What's the, the date again? Uh, well, I guess it's. A little late, but it's a week from tonight when we're recording this. It's Thursday, February 18th at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Love um, that. The quickest Love way that. to get tickets is the short link, uh, which is bit.ly slash superfunnyfeb18. Bit.ly slash superfunnyfeb18. Love it, Boom. man. That is, that is super cool. And if I get can plug tickets. a few things... Uh, this weekend, Saturday night, the 13th of February, is Glebe Off the Top, Crowdwork and Improvised Madness. Uh, Teresa Lee is hosting. And then on Sunday, I'm doing Undercover Lover, a game show. 
that kind of reinvents the old style of, of dating games where we use face filters to cover people's identity and you can get matched with somebody by just hearing their answers and not seeing what they look like until we reveal, remove the, the crazy filters. Uh, you can um, attend either of those at NowhereComedyClub.com to get your tickets. You can use the, the uh, promo code BRAINTRUST to get a discount. And also my first time headlining Nowhere since May of 2020. Really? Like 10 months, my first time doing stand-up will be on February 26th. Hard to get a spot in that club. February 26th. Yeah, yeah the, the commute must be hell for you. Why, have, is, you not, why have you not done a, a headlining set? It is very the, difficult. The... I've just been so focused on, on improv shows. I have not been focused on my material, but I've been popping in surprise to a bunch of shows, hosting a bunch of shows, developing a ton of new stuff in my hour, my brand newly formed hour with a ton of new stuff and some of the best of my previous hour that you probably haven't seen if you have if you didn't see the may show will be on february 26th tickets to all of it at nowherecomedyclub.com and of course please support the podcast and all this free entertainment at patreon.com slash ben glebe by joining the patreon the first glebe squad official brain trust membership cards went out this week people have already received them they are metal they are fucking awesome i can actually show for the first time ever right now to the audience watching this on video on my YouTube or all my socials, check that card out. That is actual metal. Look at that puppy. Damn. Bam. And it's personalized. You will get your own name on the card. That's our new logo. First time anybody's seen the new logo. That I realize the power button, if you just if you just spin it, becomes a G, baby. And that's the new logo for the Glebe squad and all that. So you get that and free tickets and a bunch of other perks and private video hangs and Patreon special hangs and all this kind of stuff. So please check that out. Patreon.com slash Ben Glebe. Are you ready to dive in, Ben? Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive away. All right, dude. There was a woman this week who used Gorilla Glue spray to style her hair. And uh, she thought it was just hairspray, even though it has the word glue in it. She thought it was a different kind of glue. And her name is Mrs. Brown. Had to go to the hospital. And they said it might take 20 hours to remove it. They probably can't help her. It might just have to run its own course naturally. Uh, Gorilla Glue itself had to come out with a statement saying that it does say on our bottle that you should not use it on your skin, your face, or your eyes. They didn't specifically mention hair, so that's their bad, I guess. Um, she's trying to do her best impression of Captain Lassard, I think, from Police Academy. Remember when they put switched his yes. shampoo with, 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 with super glue? Yep. Yep. Remember when Mahoney... Made or Mahoney, glued. was it? It was Mahoney. Mahoney! And he super oh, glued his, uh, the, the bullhorn to his lips. Yes, they, I remember that too. They cut the top off and Mahoney comes into the hospital and it's still on his lips. And he's like, meh, meh, meh. Mahoney's like, what? He's like, the shay, I have to wait for the fucking glue to wear off. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, look, I'd love to make fun of this person more, but I one time glued myself in a way that was not, that was suboptimal. I yeah. uh, I I was using super glue and I just got it on one of my fingers and trying to get it off quickly I just spread it amongst all of my yeah. fingers and I had eight of my ten fingers all super glued and you don't realize until that moment it's very hard to then urgently Google how do you remove super glue from your fingers but you don't have <laughs> fingers to type you can't type with little dinosaur hands you're like a you're like one of those uh, like half man half Horses from Greek mythology just got big hooves and you're trying to smash I, away. I, I prefer half lobster, but sure. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's in Greek, Greek mythology. No, it's not because they were allergic to shellfish. The crustaceous, the god of the sea. 
<laughs> That's right. No. Crack it open, dip them in some of that ancient Greek butter, baby. Ancient Greek butter. It was feta butter. Feta butter. Feta butter. Would that be chunky butter? It'd I'm not eating chunky th- butter. No, well, it's it's, it's more has more, has crumbles in it. Butter crumbles. Mm. Feta butter, chunky crumbles. I'd, I'd I'd eat that. See, I knew we'd come around. <laughs> That's our slogan. We know you'll come around. <laughs> sure, it sounds disgusting at first glance, but upon the slow convincing of a very persistent salesman, we no, can bring you back on board. It'd be like some Uber Greek commercial. Feta butter, crunchy, chunky. Well, you know you'll come around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our next story, Selena Gomez served us two looks, both in PJs and two other great outfits. And uh, she's working on new content. Thankfully, her stylist, Kate Young, shared a very generous look at the fashion Gomez will have in these new looks, in these new, this new content. I know you can't see the outfits, Ben, but I'm going to describe them to you, okay? Sure, sure. The first look, a PJ top, was already featured on her TikTok. Um, she accessorized it with a Masika choker. What do you think of this look? Hold on, I huh? need to see these photos. No, you just based on the description. Well, I you lost me, because the second you finish the description, you, you put your hand on your wrist like this, uh-huh. and... Is very distracting. I I thought that her look was what you're doing currently. Oh no, I can show you what she looks. She kind of looked like this. See, <laughs> that seems more ridiculous to me than like the. Yeah, this wasn't her best look. The PJs didn't look great on her. I'll be honest with you. I wish she had rethought it. But her second look. Are you ready, Ben? Sure. Her second look featured in a white asymmetrical AZ factory top and Destre earrings. <laughs> what do you think Destre. about that? Look? Destre earrings. What is she, crazy? I know. It's hard to believe it, really. You make a fashion choice like that during a pandemic. It's hard to believe that 3,000 Americans are dying every day, and I'm really trying to do a deep dive on, quote, Selena Gomez new looks. Well, you know, we all need we all need an escape and something to aspire towards. Like her third outfit, which was Gomez wore a black... <laughs> St. John knits top and Tiffany and Company gold chain necklace. Who is she, Mr. T? What are your thoughts, Ben? (laughs) Okay, we'll move on to our next story. Speaking of people dying, a 26-year-old very sadly was killed this week by an exploded... Is all over the place. It is all over the map. Yep, it's much like my life and brain. A 26-year-old was killed by an exploding cannon at a Michigan baby shower. We've already seen a lot of injuries and deaths from gender reveal parties. This was a straight-up baby shower. Uh, his friends were gathered in the backyard, three or four people, and they bought an old cannon. They bought a used old cannon that they put gunpowder into to celebrate the announcement of the coming baby. You didn't even get to find out what gender the baby was. And the Dude, shrapnel, after, shrapnel after- hit the guy and killed him. After his divorce from Mariah, he's taken some weird gigs. The point is... Yeah, yeah. It, and it's hard to put Nick Cannon back together again. All but, all the... What was it? Jewish cult forces and all the... <laughs> oh, racial he, statements, man. Yeah. Isn't, he had he those anti-Semitic comments. Isn't he, he back? Re- well, the Jews allowed him to work again. Did he? And then, but then uh, Star Wars canned Gina Carano today from The Mandalorian... She's out. I heard because of why she had said that she said that all of her haters online, I believe, 
was people hating online was much like how the Jews must have felt during the Holocaust. Yeah, and she didn't just write that. She actually had like a picture like of Holocaust and oh. some other thing. It was like it was like a meme, but I just don't like you know, I don't think I'm not as a fan of cancel culture the way you're not a fan of cancel culture, but if you start working for Disney, maybe don't post Holocaust stuff, you know? Like what do you want to be in Star Wars more, or do you want to be able to call cancel like the internet trolls the Holocaust? I feel you, and I. I but at the same time, I'm so anti cancel culture that even to this point, like all of us fellow comedians say and do crazy things, and they still work in cartoons all the time. Like Sarah Silverman does you know, family-friendly cartoons and mm-hmm. says pretty crazy things in her stand-up act. I don't want us to start censoring. Granted, she's a comedian. She's making jokes. It's different than an, an ignorant statement. But I don't know. I don't feel like people should be canceled for things that are not malintended. Do you think the statement was malintended or she's just an idiot? Mm, I'd say more idiot. I love I, the way you did kind of like a rabbi chant before you answered that. That's, that's how seriously I take this. I just, I I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, it's almost like, okay, if this, then this. If hired by Disney working on Star Wars, stop tweeting. Especially, you know, about subjects containing the Holocaust. I don't know that I agree with you, even though I don't like her statement whatsoever. I don't know that I agree with you. But also this last week, nine people were shot at a gender reveal party in Ohio. I mean, people must have been very upset that they were having a girl. Was that the shrapnel one, or is that was a different shooter? It's a different one. That was a cannon going off at a baby shower. This is a gender reveal. Okay, here's the question. Yep. Was it after the gender was revealed? And if so, was the gender a boy or a girl? You know, I didn't even dive in that deep into the story, because I'm just more astounded at the trend in our society that anybody gives a flying fuck about what gender your baby's going to be, let alone risking their lives to find out urgently before the birth happens. I mean, you know, the gender reveal party turned into a psychosis reveal party. Look, sometimes you you, you have a reaction and you have to express it with firepower. That's my my bumper sticker. (laughs) 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 Um, So speaking of psychosis, let's talk about the big political story of the week, and then we can lighten this thing up all the way back home and do a bunch of fun stories. But impeachment number two, electric uh-huh. boogaloo, Trump uh, 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 going through it for the second time. This case seems a lot more solid. This case seems it's, – it's, it's clear as day that Trump is guilty of inciting the riot on account of every piece of evidence and his very obvious out loud statement. So, of course, he will not be convicted by the – Republicans, and they won't get the two-thirds necessary to convict the man. Your thoughts on all of it, updates on it. Tell us, what, you know, the, the Democrats, uh, the House impeachment managers rested their case earlier today, and now it turns back to the ineptitude of Trump's two lawyers to take it home. Uh, I mean, my thoughts are, we knew it was a foregone conclusion going into it. Like, there's no way he's going to get convicted. Uh, I do think the Democrats are at least getting better at the presentation of a rock solid case. They've, they've had almost like rock solid cases before, but this one's really like, they did a really good job of being, they did this. This is exactly what happened. And we're presenting it all in a way that it can't be denied. If you watch, 
Right. I hold out some hope. I'm eternally an optimist. I hold out some hope. In fact, I was like frantically tweeting what I consider a smoking gun piece of evidence that I thought was obvious, but they're missing almost entirely in this trial. I heard today they did include some of it, so maybe it's because I tagged all the impeachment managers in tweets. Um, who knows? But um, uh, I was frantically tweeting, trying to get this message out there while taking a four-hour bath last night. And Yeah, I saw that. Really? A four-hour bath? Yeah, we just reglazed our our bath our bathtub because uh, the bathtub was so deteriorated that the the surface on the bottom was just sh- was was shrapnel itself. It was jagged edges of destroyed. So we had to fix it. So I took mm-hmm. my first first bath there, and it was just comfortable enough. I was on my phone getting work done. Why sit on the couch when I can sit in water that has turned yellow thanks to a bath bomb? Bath bombs are great. I'd never used one of those before in my life until last night. Yeah, bath bombs are really fun. So the smoking gun piece of evidence that I believe they didn't focus on enough, maybe if you saw it today you can tell us if they did more so, is they beautifully laid out the sequence of events, but they focused far too much on like January 4th, 5th, and 6th, and mostly the 6th, and him saying in the speech, fight like hell, and him saying, we have to go down to the Capitol, but he never specifically says to use violence except for the words fight like hell, but all the Republicans are like, that's just rhetorical use of of the, the language of fights that every Democrat and Republican have used. We always say fight, fight like hell. Mm-hmm. But the most obvious time when he set the tone for all of this being actually a call to arms was on September 23rd in the White House press briefing room when asked, will you commit to a peaceful transfer of power? And he said no. Trump said, we'll have to see how the election goes out. I don't know. I don't promise anything. Can't promise peaceful transfer of power at all. Can't do it. As you know, I've complained about the ballots. And the, the, we got to throw out the ballots. And that was essentially his response. Mm-hmm. So once you say that you will not promise peace if you lose, then every other statement is provably compounding on that. It's adding on that. And to me, that's what they're still missing. Unless, correct me if I'm wrong, if they did a better job today in the last day of it, in proving to the Republicans who are already saying, great, we agree the Capitol attack was bullshit. We agree it was horrible. We agree it was domestic terror, even many of them say, but Trump didn't cause it. It's rhetorical use of inflammatory language. That proves it was not, saying it is not, he can't promise peaceful transfer of power. My question is, let's just say Trump did say, yes, I'll commit to a peaceful transfer of power, and then did the exact same thing. That would have just been yet another thing he just openly lied about, and of course, it would have but, made that much of a difference. But he didn't. He did say this. So if you're looking for a smoking gun, if you're looking for actual evidence that is irrefutable, any senator can say, I just don't think you can prove he incited the violence. But if you say, he said, I won't promise a peaceful transfer of power to his followers that follow whatever he says, how can you make that argument there? Yeah, but then he, he could say, like... I'll, I'll commit to a transfer. I'll commit to a transition in a fairly won election, and then the caveat was that it was quote never fairly won. Right, but he's still saying if, even if it's not fairly won, presupposing or supposing that it's not, that it wasn't fair. You still can't use violence. Yeah, I mean the the larger the larger process that he or- orchestrated was like literally like creating a whitehead under the fabric of American democracy that just grew and grew and grew until on January 6th, he just went and right. everything happened as planned, in my mind, like in terms of 
the amount of rage you wanted to incite in his army of red hats. Uh, and, you know, he did it. He, he did it. But, I mean, like, I just read a couple hours ago that three of the senators who are jurors had meetings with Trump's lawyers. Like, they're not going to convict him no matter what evidence they have. My The thing that astounds me is this is essentially all about ensuring that Trump can't run again in 24. Right. And teaching a lesson to the, to the base and just getting on the record also that this was not a fraudulent election and calling it the big lie in in very serious ways and proving that and burning that into people's brains. But yes, it's large. Those are all, those are all the tangential things, the, the, the electrons, but the, the nucleus of this is about making sure that Trump can't run again, in my mind, right? Because if, if this goes ahead, if this goes ahead, he's done politically. Think about this, dude. We'll get maybe a year of no Trump until the rallies are going to start again and the endless clips of Trump. Like, if he's allowed to run again, he's going to give it a go, which means a return to the big rallies and the hats and the, like the, all the bullshit we've had to deal with for the last five years, maybe even longer since he started campaigning, it's going to start again in like one year. But on think- the flip, something that I'm I'm concerned about on the flip is if they don't convict him and he's allowed to run again, it, it at least I think will be the death knell of the Republican Party because he's not going to win again after the insurrection. He's not going to win again. Yeah. After all of that, and so he'll also bring down the Republican Party with him. Whereas if they come through and convict, he's going to start a TV network, and he'll be on. He'll probably have his own talk show, and he'll be Rush Limbaugh times a thousand, and he'll still be out there on the news all the time. And they'll run somebody else, and they can almost act as though they redeemed. I think. I think themselves the- by convicting him, and and they finally put their foot down against this horrible bad guy. I think these Republicans are so shell-shocked by this, the, the power of the wave of Trumpism that they actually think that that level of energy will continue for another four years plus a lot. And they're gambling on that. Like, I just don't understand why so many of them can't see, like, the writing, can't read the tea leaves on this, that the... the the real enrolling energy of Trumpism is over. Now it's just his like band of like real hardcore followers who are minuscule in number. If you actually think about the totals there and they really think that he can resurrect what he did again after everything that's happened. Trump's whole brand was never being a loser. That's his whole brand. I I win, 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 win. And he's never, but but those people are never going to believe that he didn't lose. But the people that genuinely believe that he or, or that he lose, did lose, rather, that he did lose. The, the number of people that genuinely believe that he didn't lose is like we're going from like forty five percent of the American population that tipped the scales because of an imbalance uh, in uh, political capital for the parties. That number's going down to like twenty. I mean, that's still like fucking you know tens of hundreds of my numbers are wrong, but you know. What is the population? 330 million people? Like previously it was, you know, maybe half of that, 150 million. And that's just gone down to 75 or 80 million. 
And that's just not those those aren't number those aren't numbers you can do anything with in terms of winning anything. That's so, not true because that's all the votes. He only got seventy four million votes, and Biden only got eighty two million or whatever it is. But again, let let fine. Let let's just cut that same ratio down to the people that actually vote. Like the Republicans are shedding what would have been considered. They're shedding enough to lose forever. Conservative moderate, right? Just because the con- the country is moving on. Biden's clearly the president. Democrats are in control of the House and the Senate. There's not there's not this kind of group think of we are all powerful, get on this side right. anymore. Like, to be a Republican now, you just have to be a dyed-in-the-wool, my very identity is my Republicanness, versus, right. you know, I believe in fiscal conservative conservatism. I support, his policies support me, and they have control over everything. So by joining this team, I'm just ensuring for myself that my priorities will continue to be met, namely very low taxes, etc. There's no capital anymore to convince those people that it's worth being on the side of a Republican. If you're going to be a Republican, like a Trumpist now, literally you're the guy that has the MAGA hat, the shirt, the flag, the cap, the, you know, the dog sled. Like, and I don't know if they have dog sleds. I'm sure somewhere there is a dog sled that at least has a big That's, it's Trump, not one of, Trump it's flag. Not one of, it's not one of the top items, but okay, go ahead with your point. Um, like people got on the Trump train, uh, because it represented winning. He promised people winning, and he he won. And the Republicans were in control of everything. But that image is no longer intact for people that don't root their very cultural identity in their Trumpism. And there's far fewer of those people than there are registered Republicans now. And especially after the 6th, like the 6th was repulsive to most everyone. And it was repulsive to their, you know, the moderate Republicans that were on the side of Trump because they controlled everything and they got their low taxes and probably supported um, pro-life initiatives. But now that they don't have any power anymore. And so no power plus the images of the Capitol building being ransacked, the kind of Smart Republican, the Republicans with a brain that were on the side of Trumpism because of low taxes and pro-life initiatives, there's nothing there for them anymore. So I fully support the Republican Party fracturing itself in two parts. I say, so you think it's better? Do you think it's good then that he's not convicted so that it does fracture? So he's allowed to run again? I mean, I it's kind of a, it's a weird term to say, but it's kind of a win-win for Democrats because option one, he is convicted and can never run again. And he's just out of the political picture. And no one is ever going to have the charisma of Donald Trump on the Republicans, Republican side. They, they might have like the, you know, the more dictatorial ship leanings, but no one's ever going to have the, the charisma, the pure charisma of Donald Trump for the Republicans. Like not that. even not even Charisma Carpenter from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. How does he do it again? The wonderful, Amazing. the wonderful Wizard of Hahaz strikes once more. In, and then the other side of it is what, Ben? Uh, and then the other side of it is uh, if he does run again. I mean, he'll, if he does run, if if they don't convict him and he does run again, he'll run as a Republican, maybe. If if he decided to start the MAGA party, right? It His would Patriot immediately Patriot Party. Patriot Party, right? That immediately cleaves, what, a third of the Republicans off of the Republicans? Is that, is that, word, that word cleaves? You're using big words to try to impress me. Does that mean meat cleaver? Like you chop it off? with, Like yep. you straight up cleave it? Is that it's, what called, it's, it's called a cleaver because it cleaves. It cleaves. Is that what cleaves. butchers say? I'm about to cleave this meat? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a very legitimate usage. Leave me alone. I'm about to have the steak right here for myself. That's really good. That that would be a great like steakhouse for loners. <laughs> <laughs> so I just still hold out hope, and I think that even though there's arguments like you well point out on both sides for it being good if he win if he's convicted or doesn't convict doesn't get convicted, I still just want him convicted because I just think we need to reset to right and wrong again, and this is the most obvious wrong. The most obvious thing that he is guilty of, and he needs to be convicted so that we can finally start punishing what is wrong again and resetting our moral compass in this country. And I think there's also a chance because even though the defense gets to go last, he's got some bumbling fools. You see, his main dude, Bruce Castor, came out, and his opening statement was was about how good. The they did such a good job, i got to be honest, <laughs> that we're abandoning all what we were planning on saying. I'm just going to prove that we've got points for all those things. Dude, it was, it was Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons. Like, Your Honor, I'd like to start by saying what a great job the defense did. I'm Lionel <laughs> Hutz. Like, it, you can't, oh, well, I, you know, it, say it what you will wild. about Trump. The people, <laughs> the people who represent him are so good for comedy. And none of them can drink water well. Then the other lawyer, the better lawyer, came out. Every time he took a sip of water, he would tilt his own head back like he was like the Reach toothbrush character from the 90s. Dude, I read that before Rudy's press conference where his hair bled. He, oh, had, yeah. he had three triple scotches. I heard that too. Three triple scotches. So nine scotches. That's a lot of scotch. <laughs> That's like Ben Morrison' early appearances on Last Week on Earth level. Yeah, I don't remember them, but I heard they were funny. Right. <laughs> they were hilarious. Yeah, I couldn't get you to leave my apartment afterwards, but they, until that point, they were fantastic. I lived pretty close. That's true. We were in the same building for many a year. <laughs> those, are um, good, those are good years. Those, those are, are great times, years. and people were begging for me to bring you back on the podcast, so just so you know, you're in demand and you're missed here. Um, great to be back. So, Ben, take us now that we've done the, the politics part. Take us to a story you have prepared for us. Uh, we got uh, a, a Chucky doll was featured in an errant Amber Alert. The Texas Department of Public Safety is apologizing after accidentally <laughs> sending out an Amber Alert about Chucky, the killer doll featured in the uh, 80s horror film Child's Play. And <laughs> this is the best part. This is true. They sent three Amber Alerts <laughs> about Chucky. The emergency alert described Chucky as a three-foot-one, one-inch-tall doll wearing blue denim overalls with multicolored striped long sleeve <laughs> shirt wielding a huge kitchen knife. No. The alert was mistakenly sent out three times last week to Amber Alert subscribers. They called <laughs> the, it a doll in the thing? The agency said it was a test malfunction. Oh, my God. Beware so of, 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 of cleaving from horror film child doll. So the, the moral of the story is if you're testing out run-for-your-life software, don't put something funny and ironic in your, in your test batch. Yeah, this is like when Hawaii sent out the We Are Under Nuclear Attack alert. Remember that? Can we just test the <laughs> things with nice, positive messages? I hope you all have a great day. Alert. Have a great day. Nothing is wrong. Why put jokey things in things that might be, create existential crises with imminent fear of death? Yeah. Like, if you want to help people's mental state, do a do like a like a recognize like a, a happy alert like your phone's like Bee! and you pick it up and then your phone's just like you look lovely today. Like, That's oh, nice. Wow. I like that idea. You a- look around at like people walking around and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> they have a- the power. 
A British teen is emerging slowly from a year-long coma to this pandemic-hit world. He has no idea that the, pan- that the coronavirus exists. Would you, if you could have missed this year and just wake up into it, would you like it or would it be too much of a shock to the system? I don't know if anyone would like it. Like, who wakes up and they're like, blimey, it's great how everyone's inside all the time. People are dead. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) It's a strong counter argument. Even though I didn't make an argument, I gave you both choices, but you made a great choice. Thank you. You got another story for us? I do. Uh, Astronomers have found a, quote, Benjamin Button galaxy. At 1.2 billion years young, the galaxy uh, ALESS 073.1 should have the chaotic look of a youthful galaxy. Instead, the primordial starburst galaxy has a central bulge and rotating belt that make it look billions of years older. So essentially they found a galaxy that's quite young, but it has the age and wisdom of of one of the one of the the universe's oldest. I don't understand firstly why they name these galaxies such ridiculous the non-catchy names. If you want them to get any kind of fan base, you can't like how are you going to even follow that on Twitter. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, uh I never understand how science knows certain things. How does science know it's just not an old galaxy? Uh there's a great like galactic fake ID. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I swear. I'm actually uh 21. I mean, if I knew billion years old, me impersonating someone who knows this answer would probably say, well, because the chemical makeup of gases and the surrounding nucleus to the center of star hubs and the dispersion of which can they can tell how long the galaxy has been around like the rings on a tree. But I thank God. Thank God you don't have the knowledge to be able to say that. Um, But I'll 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 tell you this. It's really just very judgmental of the scientists because they're basically not saying it looks old. They're saying it looks ugly. They're saying it's an ugly That's galaxy. Really <laughs> that you look tired, bro. That's like seeing someone's newborn for the first time, being like, eh. "Yeah," because at least Benjamin Button, the dude was like he, he looked old. But here they're just saying, "Look, you have the exact scientific signs of your exact age, so we know you're young." Yeah. But you just look beat right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the, hey, look, it's the crack baby galaxy. And the galaxy's like, shut up, guys. It's just my gases. Uh, <laughs> Your third story. Then we'll go into Twitter answers and the Thunder Round. Third story is hitting back on the browser because I closed the window. Way to really reveal the, 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 the paint behind the glory there, huh? Yeah, thanks. My uh, Google search for Selena Gomez new looks messed up my uh, my my prepared. I'm, I'm going to take your aggressive sarcasm as a compliment. Aggressive sarcasm. Maybe a good name for a band. Maybe you can give that to Jamie Kennedy for the next show he does with you. Funny band. See, this is what we talked about earlier. Uh, sorry. Are to all t- the what, what are you doing right now? What are you? Are you searching for another story? I don't need the story. If you don't have it. I no, got other I stories. Have it. I'm I'm trying to refine the one that was closed by Selena Gomez's a quirky President's Day sale, Washington's hair, <laughs> <laughs> and JFK's sweater. Uh, so, in a nutshell, for President's Day, which is of course coming up, uh, you can now buy, auction and buy literal locks of George and Martha Washington's hair. That's no, the, you can't. Yeah, you can. Andrew Johnson's Order of a National Day of Mourning. And even JFK's crimson Harvard sweater. How the fuck are you uh, going to get George Washington's hair? Practice. 
<laughs> no one's getting his hair. What are they digging him up? That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, his hair is gone. Did they save his hair when he died? Uh, I guess they did. I mean, there's a photo of what looks like very old and perhaps presidential hair, you know, uh, preserved in like. How do you know amber, it's presidential? Does it have like a loop? Amber locket. It's preserved in an amber. The only way to ever get old stuff is in amber. Very <laughs> no, amber, Jurassic Park I'm, style. I made up the amber part. Oh. I mean, it, it looks like it might be in a small glass bird. It's amber waves of grain like hair. That dude, that's how they should market this. It's Boston oh, they based. Write the headline at least. Boston based RR auction, and you can bid online this Thursday and it runs through February 18th. I actually would want to follow who's bidding on George Washington's hair. This is why our productivity in this country is very far down. That you would want to follow who's bidding. You don't even want the hair. You just want to f- get dive deep into the lives of the people who are bidding. Oh, yeah. I want to form alliances. Like, I want to know if uh, if my guy... I want to know if my, if my horse is going to wind up with, uh, with GW's locks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're in trouble as a, as a planet, huh? Very much so. <laughs> and that brings us to check in with the Glebe Squad, the Beglebers and all of us, the... Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Friends with Benefits, the Mad Ones. It is time, Brain Trust, for Twitter Answers. I asked, what's your guilty pleasure show to watch and why? Got some great answers. But Ben, I'm curious, yours first. What's your current guilty pleasure show? Your number one. Well, I mean, is it the show I'm currently watching, or one maybe perhaps in the past? Your recent favorite past. recent past. The the what what should people check out and why? Uh, honestly, I'm halfway through Lovecraft Country on HBO, and it's really blowing my mind. It's what incredible. Is that? What is that? It is a Ben. You know, this is live, right? You don't need to do like the very long like. It's auditorily not the most pleasant. And it's the first time, sec, first or second time I've yelled at you in about a year and a half on the podcast, but still. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. At least you're not blowing your fucking vape smoke into the mic mid-podcast. Mid nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, am I right or am I wrong that people don't want to hear, Aye. you know what I'm saying? Like, I shouldn't maybe give the feedback live on the air, but at the same time, it's a very nice. long trying searching for a word sound. Is this the last air in the deflated air mattress of our grievance? That's bed? right. It's finally. Tss, <laughs> you it's roll it up and there's still a poof. You're like, fuck, I thought we got that out. You got to get the <laughs> we, can, we can get right back in the bag now. Roll it up and wait till you need to get another visitor next Christmas. <laughs> God, I hope. I hope someone. I hope I can hang out with people next Christmas. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> you were saying something before I yelled at you, I think. I, I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? I don't know. I got distracted by the reset sound your body made. It sounded like you were rebooting your own your own brain. Yeah, I was thinking about something. But the emotional shock of getting called on my uh made me forget what I was thinking. I mean, it was not an uh. You're under-talking you're under it right now because it was I well, went, your, your uh, guilty pleasure uh, show. Uh, I, I asked what Love that Trap show Country. was. Love, Love Trap what, Country. What, what is that? Uh, it's a horror series based on a novel. It's uh, all about horrors and like they're selling them themselves? No, it's, their a, it's a... It, it's very based in the racial divide of fifties uh, or sixties, perhaps America. America. Oh, you said uh, horror. Horror. Yes, it is. It is a uh, an Afrocentric. Is that the right way to call it? A uh, horror story set in the fifties or sixties that is produced by 
Jordan Peele, and J.J. Abrams. The production quality is straight feature film. It's extremely good filmmaking. Um, I love, I eat a certain a brand of, of dried apple, dried by the company of Peele and Abrams, and they make a great dried apple. Uh, <laughs> so loud. It sounds like a fucking spaceship's overhead, sonic <laughs> booming its way into your ears. Why is that uh, a guilty pleasure, though? It sounds like a smart show. It is a smart show. I don't know if... It's, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's guilty pleasure. I, I don't feel guilty about it. Guilty pleasure? I only really watch good stuff. You know? Like, a lot... Okay. I play a lot of video games. That's a guilty pleasure. Uh, or just pleasure. An acceptable answer then would have been, I don't have a guilty pleasure. You know what I mean? You don't... You don't no one judges you for not watching bad stuff. I watch, I watch a lot of YouTube clips. That's probably a guilty pleasure. A lot okay. of... A lot of uh, a lot of YouTube. Is there a certain clips. channel you'd point us in the direction of? Depends on what you're looking for. I watch a lot of YouTube political commentators, gaming videos, the late night monologues. Watch those every day. Uh, movie commentary. Mm, 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 mm. At least you're singing your thought process now. It's nicer. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lot nicer. Teresa Raider at Raider Trader says, "Murder." She wrote, "Ascots, wedge heels, mid calf skirts, and murder." It reminds me of a simpler time when we all lived in our own Cabot Cove and wished we were as wicked smart as Jessica Fletcher. Were you a Murder, She Wrote guy? No, never. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. She was the murderer because there's always murder followed her everywhere she went. But it was so good. And they had a great theme song, that, that show. It went, Murder, She Wrote, Murder, She Wrote. That was the theme song. I, I believe you. And she lived in Cabot Cove, and she would type all the murders. So were all the murders where she lived? No, she would travel always to different places. She was like a travel writer. She was like a novelist. And she would, always people would die in wherever she would visit. And she'd investigate and solve the murder while writing about it. And at no point during, like, a 10-murder season did she go, why did I ever get all murdered around me? Yeah, they sometimes they would suspect her for a minute, and then she'd be like, no, I'm Angela Lansbury. And then they'd be like, oh, you're the teacup, and... That Disney thing, I can't remember right now. And she was like, that's right. And they let her go on. Beauty and the Beast, the original? Yep, yep. Thank you so much. Yep. That, you, were, you had that ready to go. Here for the joke said, I like the Real Housewives franchises. Why? Because I can always get drunk. But getting drunk and watching rich and fabulous bitches also get drunk and fight is way more fun. People really like the Real Housewives. They love, I've never watched them. They I've love never watched them. It either. never watched it either. But I am watching The Bachelor currently. I'm obsessed. Are, are you really? Why? Tell me. Tell me why The Bachelor is so popular. I'm so obsessed that I was just on a Bachelor podcast dishing all the dish about it the other day. <laughs> called wow. Called called here for the called. Uh, uh, we didn't get a rose. Um, it's so good because it's just it's the eternal desire to find the love of your life. They create fantasy scenarios. They really create beautiful worlds and environments for for them to find love. And then they just throw a bunch of crazy, love-hungry assholes in it, whether it's the guys or the girls. This time it's the girls. A bunch. Of, they have like 30 women trying to fall in love with them. He literally is dating them all at once. He comes out and he's like, ladies to love. And they're like, love. And then he's like, all right, you three, come with me. We're going to go hang out in the hot tub. You six, stay over there. It's like... It's like mixing like a like an assembly like buffet style food emporium with with uh-huh. with romance and it's just it's just trash but under the guise of romance so they they often get engaged at the end of the season 
but it's like they dive deep. It's not the short schlock of a 90-day fiancé where it's just complete idiots. These are like good-looking people. The girls are hot. The guys look great. And they hate each other. And they all hide it from the guy. And it's just fantastic. And you got your favorites. And I believe Teresa P is going to win. But Rachel's a close second. See, the thing is, like, I tell people the amount of time I spend playing video games, and they're like, oh, God, you spend that much time playing video games, rotting your brain, blah, blah, blah. Then they're like, I just watched nine hours of The Bachelor, and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, my God, tell me about it. Well, The Bachelor's two hours a week. It's not nine hours. Just saying. Okay? And the one big criticism I have, though, is that they spend far too much time, like all these reality shows nowadays do, of just the contestants who aren't currently on the date complaining about wishing they had more time. Like half the mm-hmm. show is them in the house while he's on a dream date with some girl being like, I want more time with him and I'm really upset. I don't have more time. She's like, I know me too. No shit. You want more time. You're on the show and you're currently not with the guy. This is a waste. I want to see the dates. Show me the dates. <laughs> Understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Cats meow at poke doll 66, the masked singer. It's amazing, but in the most ridiculous way. Do you ever watch singing shows? And what do you think people's obsession with singing is? I actually never watch singing shows. You're a great singer. I'd be surprised you don't want to watch it and compare your, your skills. I just, I'm, like I said, if I'm going to spend time watching media, it's either just going to be short, easy YouTube clips or it's going to be like a, a, an incredible series. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You're you really you should check. I don't watch the singing shows, but I feel like you should because you you're musically trained, mm-hmm. and you taught me my best singing tip I ever was taught was to hold your vowels, mm-hmm. extend your vowels, and hold them smooth and even. And it really took my singing game to the next level. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. So will you watch one of these shows for us? No. Okay, I appreciate that, Jen LePage. Trash TV like Real Housewives, Bridezillas, etc. They give me both life goals and make me feel less fucked up all in one. That's nice. I was going to fly through a couple others here. Build back better at Lay, Wimber, Port Protection, Alaska. People living and surviving the Alaska rainforest. Why? Because I could never do it. I'd like to check out one of these survival shows. I'd like Mm -hmm. to get tougher mentally while sitting on my couch eating ice cream. That's my life goal. (laughs) I mean, you should... Explore the outback of your own your own backyard. Yeah, you came over there day. We had a backyard hang. So you got this incredible backyard with this beautiful pool. I'd be out there yeah. every day. And I've been outside maybe like twelve times in eleven months. Like having outdoor space, like real yeah, outdoor space, space. It's it's not such a luxury. And these. Okay, your audio just nice. had a heart attack. I don't know what's happening to your audio. Are you there still? Yeah, I'm here still. We good? Are you with us? I'm with uh, you. Can you hear me? I miss the good old days of you going. Oh. Like your Dr. Phil trying to start his own engine, if you so even understand what I'm saying, because the wife ain't giving it up. Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Nope. It sounds very bad. It sounds robotic, and you're frozen on the video. I don't know what has happened. You're in the studio. You built a studio in your home. Really? Really? You sure that's not on your No, it sounds horrible. Horrible. I can ask the people if they're hearing as horrible as it sounds to me. Uh, Tell me in the comments, please, if you guys, because we're live streaming this as well, if you all hear Ben sounding terrible, or if it's me. Nothing's going on on my end. Yeah, no, it's a real mess, Ben. It's a real mess. Hold, please. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Well, this is a real frozen and choppy. Awful and frozen and choppy, just so you know. Okay? So this was going great, and I yelled. Maybe it was me that ruined it by yelling at you 
for making a sound that wasn't pleasant to hear, and now it's just worse. Now I miss those days. Should I rejoin? I'll never yell at you again. Now it sounds good again. Talk more. Are we back? Someone in the comments just said, "Blow into your cartridge." I refuse. <laughs> yeah, I hear you much better now. Now I hear you great. Now, now it sounds like what I sounded like. Yeah, you sound perfect again. That's very weird. I have no idea what happened. I know. Me I either. Know. No idea. I don't know what happened either. I'm going to be honest with you about that. And I set it up front. Uh, Kayla Gibson likes my 600-pound life. It just makes me appreciate my life because I haven't let myself get in the position those people let themselves get in. I understand that very much. I've watched my 600-pound life, and I find it actually something to to aspire to. I watch it, and I'm like, I wish I was that big, and I eat obsessively during the show, hoping I get a little closer towards it. Have you ever seen that show, Ben? No. Well, 600 pound maybe, people. Maybe clips. I mean, yeah, it's a good title. I mean, it really tells you what's going to happen on the show. Yeah, just like I said, I'm just not I'm not really into reality TV. You know what I'm saying? There's a doctor that comes on and tells people the advice that they have to lose a certain amount of weight before he agrees to give surgery to them, and mm-hmm. he himself is like a sh- real schlub of a guy. <laughs> the- uh, Madman Mark Ritter is rewatching rewatched all of Mad Men recently, how life was so different in those un-PC times. Do you wish you lived in those times, or are you happy living in modern, if albeit pre-pandemic times? Uh, that's, a, that's a loaded question, right? Because if you think about, you know, what would be the glory of living in 60s America, you know, you think of the Mad Men existence and the suits and the, you know, the, the, the Copacabana and stuff like that. But you kind of have to also think about like Jim Crow and segregation and the, you know, the civil rights, like you kind of have to think about that stuff, even though it's not really dealt with at all in the fantasy of sixties Americana. You dig? I do dig that. Yes, I do dig that. It's a good point. Yeah. When you take all that into account, I think we're living in the best times ever, even though most of that is still happening. Yes, but at least it's more out in the open now. Does that what, is that a right way of saying it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If we're burning off the last throes of our insanity, I hope that is true. Well, I hope that's true. I don't think humans are never going to burn off insanity, which is kind of baked into the cake of being a, a human being. Point to one time in human history, you won't be like, man, those motherfuckers are crazy. I feel like stuff was pretty good in about 2017. I think back 2014. Right, but for all the times you'd say 2014 was amazing, there'd be just as many people who hated Obama as much as we hate Trump. Well, those people were wrong. That's just a matter of opinion. My point is... No, it's not. It's not a matter of opinion. I don't want to veer politically. I'm saying... There's, there's never really been a point in time where all of humanity was on the same page of doing great and being awesome to each other. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Would you ever go on a naked dating show? There's a show in the UK. Naked Wittering, Attraction. Wittering Paul, Naked Attraction. People date naked. Yep. Do they actually show you their bits and pieces? In great detail. Really? Part of it is... A literal close-up on the junk. What? Like you, There's like a rate the junk section of it. Rate the junk? Yeah. Look it up. Naked Would attraction. you go they've on done, it? They've, they've done a bajillion seasons. I don't think I'd go on it, no. Don't have that good of a body, huh? 
Not now. I'm trying to get back there. It's been a long lockdown. I don't have that great of a body, but I would go on it if, if my career was in a desperate enough place. I'm considering doing an OnlyFans, so I'll, <laughs> I'll do what I got to do. Would you ever do an OnlyFans? I would do an OnlyFans, yeah. yeah. If I had enough interest, I would do it. Why not? I, want, I think we need to stop pretending we're different people than we are when we're not. What did I say, like, what if I don't want to, like, go full OnlyFans? Could I set up, like, a casual observer? From just, you can pay me five five bucks to just, like, show you my butt every once in a while? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's, like, one of the stories in our Thunder Round, so I think it's time to hit it if we can. My friends, because obviously you cannot hear lightning, it's time for the Thunder Round. A 90-year-old man spent 10... Well, I'm going to skip, actually. I'll go back to the 90-year-old man. I'm going to go right to the story I just referenced. Uh, there is a um, uh, a Japanese man who's renting himself out, offering nothing in particular. He's char- his name is Shoji Marimoto, and he has a very strange career. He, for 10,000 yen, about $395, plus expenses and for travel and means, he can be hired to do nothing. He will. He won't do anything but eat, drink, and give a simple response. His ad or his Twitter bio says, "I offer myself a rent as a person who does nothing. Is it difficult for you to enter a shop on your own? Are you missing a player on your team? Do you need someone to keep a place for you? I can't do anything except easy things." He gets three or four clients a day, and since 2018, has seen three thousand people. That's amazing. Good for him. That's solid work if you can get that work. Oh, it's incredible. Can you imagine, like, for every Shinji Miyamoto, there's, like, 10,000 people who have that crazy idea, and it turns out literally no one wants to pay someone for nothing? Yeah. Yeah. He, he gets paid for crazy things, from having lunch to posing for photos on Instagram, even to accompany them to file for divorce. He's been hired for a lot of random stuff. The most unusual was a man who once hired him to describe a murder he had committed. <laughs> Is, where does this guy live, in the U.S. or in Japan? That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. It's a very good question, though. 90-year-old man spent $10,000 on two ads in the Wall Street Journal to tell AT&T about how slow their internet service is. <laughs> That's awesome. Quote, for the last five years, as soon as they started introducing streaming like Roku and movies on TV, my internet service, although I was paying for 3.5 megabits per second, sometimes only 1.5 megabits so watching a movie through Roku was slideshows, Epstein said. He didn't kill himself, by the way. <laughs> Epstein, who lives in North Hollywood, decided to purchase both ads because he'd been hounding the company about when their fiber optics they've been advertising would arrive. The ad was titled, Open Letter to Mr. John T. Stanky, the CEO of AT&T, who gave him <laughs> that stanky leg on, in response. That probably a stanky eye. Um, Mr. Stanky, AT&T prides itself as a leader in electronic communications. Unfortunately for the people who live in North Hollywood, California, 91607, AT&T is now a major disappointment. Um, He took the ad out both in New York, where the Wall Street guys might fuck their stock up, and in, I believe, Atlanta, where their headquarters is. The president's office called him back and said, we're on it, sir, and haven't done shit in the many months since. Yeah, of course they didn't. They're AT&T. I mean, my question is... If you got $10,000 to spend on, like, a Wall Street Journal diss track, why not just get a different internet provider? Well, he's an old man, and he's set in his ways. 
I mean, it's, surely it's going to be more. It's going to be more complicated to write <laughs> a scathing letter and then get it published in two Wall Street journals. Than it's it is not more to, complicated to to call publish Spectrum. an ad and do it in two Wall Street journals. And please stop calling me Shirley. Good, good for him. AT and T deserves it because their internet. If you're not on their on their fiber optic, sucks big donkey balls. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people finally need to get off AT and T's fiber optic. You know what I mean? There we go. Get off that optic. There we go. Eight year old calls out NPR for lack of dinosaur stories. An eight year old from Minneapolis recently pointed out that a big problem with NPR's oldest news show, All Things Considered is they don't talk about dinosaurs very often or nature or fun things like that. It says, maybe you should call your show Newsy Things Considered since I don't get to hear about all the things or please talk <laughs> about more dinosaurs. That's amazing. He had, shows, a much, he had a much longer letter, but he had AT&T internet and it, just, it wouldn't upload. It didn't upload. Are you on AT&T, by the way, and it kind of when you turned into a robot earlier? Nope. Spectrum. I'm not even going to cut out when your audio went bad because I feel like that was so much fun. I have no idea what it sounded like. I have the waveform in front of me. It wasn't on my end. That's because you're talking into a mic directly, but I, I can assure you on, my, on our end, it was a real problem. So much so that James Franco, our old sound man who ran this podcast, hopped into the comments and said, you guys really need an experienced sound recording engineer. I'm going to hop in. Shout out to James Franco. Look, James sure. Franco, I have a very technically sound setup. Okay. It wasn't me. Okay. But was it Ben Glebe's internet? It wasn't me. From your mouth to Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis' reggae singing ears. I don't get the reference, but proceed. Super Bowl. They did a Super Bowl ad where they were singing reggae, reggae um, singing, singing It Wasn't uh, Me. I didn't they watch They were singing Super Bowl It Wasn't Me. It was not all. ideal. Well, you missed, out. you missed out on a shitty, shitty game that was a waste of time, so that's on you. Uh, NPR, by the way, invited the kid on to All Things Considered to ask dinosaur questions to an expert. That's awesome. Uh, a Texas lawyer was trapped by Wait, a cat. Hold, hold on real quick, real quick. So d- does that work? Like, can I write, can I write a letter to like Jimmy Kimmel complaining that he doesn't have enough Ben Morrison topics? No, I've <laughs> tried that. I've, I've tried that and they won't have you on. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Texas lawyer trapped by a cat filter on a Zoom call informs judge he is not a cat. This one's just the best. It was quite a moment. As a man who embraces these filters online, this guy was uh, in, before a judge in a virtual court hearing couldn't turn his cat filter off told the judge i'm ready to proceed and i am not a cat uh here comes the sound of you closing that bottle again you could just keep it open during the audio recording but no let's just keep screwing on that metallic plastic cling clang you know maybe living alone isn't so bad when you do podcasts with people that aren't your close friends do you make as much noise in the background as you do during mine always i literally just put the cap on a bottle. Four or five times. When I'm on podcast, I'm telling you my own approach. When I, I'm on podcast. I promise you, if this wasn't me, you just wouldn't mention it at all because it's just not a big deal. Of course I wouldn't because I don't have that great banter with people that aren't my dear friends. But when I'm on podcasts, the way I take a glass, I make sure it's a glass and not a closable thing. And I go like this. I go. I don't go. Mm, awesome. So, you know what I mean? I just may try to make no background noise. You don't think you do things that annoy me? And I'm, asking, say, I'm, I'm asking you I honest question. nothing, because why would I want to make you feel bad about just Honest you? question. When you're on other people's podcasts, just like I criticize you like I would another guest, so that's fair. Do you not make an effort to make less noise? I literally act the exact same on every podcast. You open noisy bottles and go, and It's... 
a water bottle. It's not even a water bottle. It's like a soda stream bottle. I put the Who cap the on a soda stream bottle. Why do you got to recap it during the show? Repeatedly. And, and if so, can't you cap it quietly? I bet you could. God, being your girlfriend must be a nightmare. You're not my girlfriend, dude. You're, there's no way I'm going to let you be my girlfriend. <laughs> not with bottle skills like this. No, dude. I'm just imagining the way you twist my nipples, not quietly. <laughs> you write you like a, a letter, a scorned letter, like, Dear Bengley, I have stopped capping water bottles altogether, but yet you still reject my advances. <laughs> Is that a letter written to me or my nipples? I have not thought out loud in years and years and years. <laughs> <laughs> we needed to get one of those good old live on the podcast arguments back before we could uh, no, we didn't. wrap this thing. We did. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> I think we think people want it. You're manufacturing these by genuinely winding me up. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Let me just tell you, this will make you feel better about our arguments. Uh-huh. Rita, 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 Rita O'Donnell, one of our devoted listeners, listened to every episode ever of this podcast, uh-huh. wrote me recently, one of our patrons wrote me on Patreon and said, and told me in person as well during a, a video chat, I love more than any guest you've ever had, Ben Morrison, and my favorite is when you guys argue. <laughs> so, so is that why you always nitpick? It's it, fun. It, people like it, hearing people, people it, like hearing people argue. Because it gets the clip. I'm speaking. I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk, please. People like when people argue. I don't like arguing. Well, that's your problem. If you want to not argue, go on the go on the go on the the friendly podcast with with, with <laughs> yay. You know what I mean? This is not all, that. Today on all water bottles considered, we think aloud and hydrate openly. I'm like, <laughs> that's a great place for me. Can you just try for the, just my own curiosity's sake to open and close that bottle quietly and see what happens? Okay, that noise was already not ideal, but now close it quietly. You see? Beautiful. You could have done that. I'm literally using a shotgun mic, like for a Hollywood production, which is why it sounds so good, but it's designed to pick up nuance. Right, which is exactly why you got to be quiet closing that bottle. You see, that's just, if people are going to hear that, they don't know you, they don't see the visual who are hearing the audio, they don't see the visual of you closing that bottle aggressively, they just think there's audio problems, they're going to blame me, they might blame James Franco thinking he's still on the podcast. There's, you know, there's just, it's the chaos theory, these unforeseen circumstances. Literally, you're like a Eugene O'Neill dad. Like that's, is that a play? You just like, you're an authority figure. Who wants to keep an iron fist on his house? I like that. Usually, it end, it ends with the subject of that, like with a severe opiate addiction. Who's the subject? Me or you? Wait, what? In your analogy, is the subject me or you? Who do you think? I do, as I, I ask questions because I don't know the answer. No, I'm I'm the battered uh, '40s housewife who turns to. Uh, morphine to deal with the constant and never-ending criticism. I do like a tempura now and again. There you go. It's crispy. Damn straight. Crispy you, know what it sounds like, you know what it sounds like when we bite into a tempura? Like you closing a water bottle. Sign me up. So just please know that when I get upset with you, while my upsetnesses are genuine... I'm not offend. I'm not hurt. I just I'm not, I'm not mad. I just want to point them out because I believe it's you know, it's it makes for good banter. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Let me just do some of this morphine. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for being with us. 
Ben, thank you for being back. My pleasure. Really fun having you. We'll we'll do it again very soon. As long as you're have your arms tied behind your back and don't have anything within reach. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, buddy. (laughs) These damn Republicans. (laughs) (laughs) Until until last week, next week. This has been last week on Earth. Last week on Earth.